Welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm so excited that you're joining us today. We are going to have a fascinating conversation, as usual, as we learn from people all around the world at all ages and stages of life. Stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort. Here we go. What you think about. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer's Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay, and I'm thrilled you are joining us today. We're going to be talking about light therapy, which I think is really exciting. Um, but before I introduce our guests, I always like to do a shout out. And for those of you that are new, just explain uh, who we are, basically. I am the daughter of a mother who lived with dementia for 30 years. That's how I got into this space. And our goal here is to raise all voices all around the world, from people who are diagnosed to family to businesses, advocates, um, entertainment researchers, and and so much more. And so um, we also like to have a a conversation. So we chat for roughly an hour uh, with somebody who's in the trenches making a difference, and uh, it's just a very informal, kind of fun, um, hopefully connect you to some services, products, and tools you didn't know. I'd also like to mention that it is uh, World Alzheimer's Month. Some of you might not be aware of that, so there's a lot of activity going on right now. And on the 21st, the Alzheimer's Disease International will be um, launching their new report, which is about the journey of diagnosis. And I can't wait to see what comes of that. Now, uh, we are also involved here at Alzheimer's Speaks with Dementia Map, which is a global resource directory. And that is free for anyone to access. You don't have to register. We've kept it real simple. We have about 150 uh, different categories that you can search. And so I would encourage you to go and check that out. If you happen to be somebody with a service product or tool, it's really easy to sign up. There are both free and a couple of enhanced plans, and I'd be glad to step you through those as well. But um, you'll really be able to find a lot of great information, and the site is growing every single day. The other day on Tuesday, I interviewed um, Ray Lynn, uh, uh, Ryan Lynn from the Project Care, and this is a, a project where they're studying stress, and they're looking for about 50 more participants, and there's no cost to you. In fact, you can get compensated up to $255 for participating in the study, and to be eligible, you have to have um, cared for somebody like four hours a day within the last three months, and actually multiple family members can apply for this. You'll be um, outfitted with a Fitbit during the study, um, which will track heart rate and sleep, and then they will um, they will send short little surveys that'll only take you like a minute because they want to monitor how your stress is doing throughout the day. 
So you can get more information by emailing them by going care during COVID at rice.edu. Care during COVID at rice.edu. Also, there's a couple of support groups um, that I would love to invite you to. One is a memory cafe, Arthur's Memory Cafe. We host that the second and fourth Wednesday of each month at 1 o'clock Central Time. That is virtual, and all are welcome. If you happen to be here in Minnesota where I'm at, I also do an in-person support group for uh, care partners, which is sponsored by Brookdale North Oaks, and that is the last Wednesday of each month from 10 to 11, and you can always reach out to me for more information. Next week, uh, we'll be doing a um, virtual presentation sponsored by Maple Hill Senior Living and Moments Hospice, and that's going to be talking about perceptions and stigmas and services and movements regarding dementia. Only have a couple more housekeeping things to go here, and uh, we'll be able to introduce our guests. Also, Compassion and Choices is having their annual event, October 6th, and I would encourage you to participate. They um, are all about end of life and making that easy. They actually have a tool, Those Living with Dementia, and um, it's absolutely spectacular. And again, you don't have to have dementia to need to Pull together your end-of-life wishes for people to know. We're going to hear from the Footbar Walker, and we will be back with our guests. Introducing the life-changing Footbar Walker. I'm Peggy from Danville, Kentucky, and I'm 91 years old. The Footbar Walker revolutionized my care of George. The saving that I made from having to put him in a nursing home came to about $192,000. The footbar walker opens and closes just like a standard walker. The only thing that is different is the top bar and the footbar. Does that ever make a difference? Does someone you love use a walker? Do they struggle to get up from a seated position? Are you a caregiver dealing with physical pain and stress as you help your patient? The footbar walker was designed to assist not only the patient, but also the caregiver. Patients have more control standing up, and no lifting from the caregiver is required. See how it works at thefootbarwalker.com. That's the thefootbarwalker.com. Peggy, would you recommend the footbar walker? Do I ever? I would not be in the health that I'm in today at this age had it not been for the footbar walker. I love that walker. It's really quite amazing. So you should check it out if you know of anyone in need. Well, let's get on to our topic today about can light therapy really help somebody living with dementia? And can it help the rest of us as well? These are questions that I know I'm really interested in learning about because this would be something that would be passive and wouldn't be very difficult to incorporate uh, into, into anyone's life. So today we are honored to have Terry Moore with us. He is the chairman of Bright. And he has 30 years of management consulting experience and has delivered strategic um, marketing services to large corporations. And he also sits on the board of like TEDx and the Columbia University for radiologists and research. And he is an advisor and an investor and a mentor to um, health tech and biotech companies. 
And so I'm just uh, thrilled to have Terry with us today. So Terry, how are you doing? Lori, I'm I'm in pretty good shape today. Uh, how are you? I am doing great. I am doing great. So I really appreciate Wonderful. you taking taking the time to well, be with us. And, well, um, Lori, let, let me let me start by saying uh, how wonderful I think it is that you're actually doing this program, that you're providing a, a base for people who need to have this dialogue, to have this dialogue. I think that's wonderful. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I came about this because my own mom lived with dementia for 30 years, and as a frustrated daughter and family member, thinking there's got to be more people like us, and there sure as heck has to be more services, <laughs> products, and tools, um, I, I really, you know, my vision or my passion um, since 2009 when I stepped into this was to connect people, uh, because I think families well, I deserve think really choice. I think that's really important. Wonderful. Well, I also want to introduce um, Veronica Price, and she's a neurobiologist and a serial entrepreneur with 20 years of diverse business experience in startups and corporations and and nonprofits as well. And she is Bright's um, chief knowledge officer, and she, um, prior to Bright, was focused on – training entrepreneurs and pilot programs and developing new markets. And, you know, to my knowledge, this whole light therapy is a a new, kind of a new venture. We don't hear a whole lot about this. So welcome, Veronica. Thank you, Lori. Great to be here. Yeah, I I always um, ask every one of my um, guests if they've been personally touched by dementia. And so, Veronica, I'm going to throw this one to you first. Um, have you have you experienced dementia in your own family or circle of friends? So um, yes, in my immediate family, um, we um, we do have a case of of an advanced dementia um, that's been kind of undifferentiated. So we don't have an Alzheimer's diagnosis, um, as, as I think we as caregivers know, a diagnosis isn't that easy to get to, um, but um, the the cognitive decline is very present and very likely it is in fact an Alzheimer's diagnosis and I think we are probably a few steps away from from that final diagnosis. Wonderful. Well, that report from Alzheimer's Disease International probably be of interest because they're going to be talking about getting that diagnosis and it is still very common today for it to take a couple of years for people to get a diagnosis and sometimes even longer. Um, in the process because it's getting to the right people um, with the right knowledge uh, to really be able to pin it down because there's so many overlapping things that can be occurring um, with symptoms. So thank you for sharing that. Terry, how about you? Have you been touched personally with your family or circle of friends? Well, the story of uh, my life is very much that story. Uh, Let me simplify the version and say that uh, uh, I had a a happy career as a management consultant for about 30 years, and I eventually wound that business down and retired so I could move to New York City and marry my high school sweetheart. And I did that. Uh, My wife, Lynn, um, is one of the most brilliant people I know. 
she has left really an indelible mark on both banking and uh, marketing uh, and was widely acknowledged as one of the leaders in both of those fields. And we had a very happy life together until she started to get sick. And she soon, very soon, became an Alzheimer's patient. And that was, uh, that was about five years ago. So yes, uh, I know uh, first firsthand this is a condition and a disease that I take very personally because it affects my life directly. Wow, yeah, it, it, there's not too many people it hasn't touched, and those that it hasn't, you know, um, it's probably waiting for you out there someplace because this is a disease that knows no boundaries. It just doesn't really care who you are, where you live, how much money you make, or lifestyle. Um, You know, any of us are susceptible. That's right. Uh, And not only that, uh, unlike many other diseases, this is a disease that that affects the entire family because the the amount of impact it has and and the importance of caregiving really consumes family resources of time and energy and money. And, And so often we focus on the person who has the disease, but... But this is a disease that, that really, as you say, knows no boundaries and affects many. Yeah. Oh, and I I personally get frustrated with the numbers, even though they're large, and people are mm-hmm. shocked when they hear how many millions of people are living with this. And I tell them, first of all, those are only the ones that are diagnosed. There's a lot of people out yeah. there that haven't been diagnosed. And then you have this huge ripple effect in terms of, you know, family and friends and workforce and neighborhoods and groups um, that are all affected. So this is a really important conversation for us to have. Um, Terry, I'm really interested in, you know, what was your inspiration behind Bright? And and what's your mission? Because, uh, you know, as a family member, um, you know, all of us are sitting out there thinking, what can we do? Uh, Light never came to mind. For me, you know, in terms of that. So how did this come about? That's because it's fairly new. Um, As I said, my wife was diagnosed about five years ago. And, uh, uh, of course, the first thing I did, and I think it's typical, is throw myself into the research and see what's being done. Uh, I have a pretty good science background, and I like to do research. So I really was able to get a good look around, and and it was incredibly bleak. there were no treatments, there was no cure, no standard treatments. The last drug that had been approved for the disease had been approved more than a decade before. And and the world was incredibly bleak. And then I found this research, and and, uh, original research being done at MIT, where what they had done is to take a population of laboratory animals, white mice in this case, that had been bred to have high levels of plaque in their brains, and they exposed those mice to a flashing light, a light that flashed at one of the natural brain frequencies, a frequency called gamma, which is 40 flashes a second. And in a short time, they had half as much plaque in their brains and began to perform better. Now, you know, this is real science. I I know it's done uh, with laboratory animals, but my thinking was, well, you know, it, it... it seems to work on brother mammals, and it's not invasive, and it's not dangerous. So I, I hired an engineer to build me one of these things, 
and I brought it home and turned it on, and in a very short time, people were startled uh, by the effect it had on my wife, and uh, the doctors were asking me where they could get one. So um, I decided I would make this technology available because there are so many people in in my position who, who can't wait for all of the science and all of the testing and all of the research to be done, which it will be at some point. But right now, I needed something to do, and, and I felt anything that was positive and hopeful and not invasive and based in science was worth a try. And, and that's, that's why I'm here, and I suppose our mission is to beat Alzheimer's and prevent cognitive dec- decline. Well, I'm thrilled that you took those steps and um, did the research and and decided to expand it, knowing others are are in need of this. And, you know, it may not be the magic pill everybody wants that's going to be the cure for this. Um, you know, we're, we're finding more of the social interaction, the impact that that has. Yes. Um, there's, there's so many different angles with this. And, you know, I, I personally think we need to kind of spread our wings and, and look more diversely instead of just going down one one rabbit hole. And, and that's one of the things I've really been pushing for because we don't necessarily even know what causes the disease. And there's so many different, right. different types of symptoms. Um, you know, we, we have to have, we have to have a broader wingspan of this. So yes, thank it you. Needs be, it, needs, it needs to be much broader. I, I agree. And, and if there's anything uh, that I've come to be a strong believer in other than 40 Hertz Light uh, is the fact that the the real answer here is in prevention. And there's mm-hmm. so many things we can do to preserve our cognitive health uh, before we get sick or instead of getting sick. And those are things that everyone can do, and they're available immediately. Now, have you, like, you know, I know we're talking about dementia, but you, you hear about chemo brain, you hear about, you know, menopause fog and, and things like that. Have you found that it helps those types of situations as well in terms of cognition? Let, let, let me defer to Veronica on this. It's a good okay. science question. Sure, okay. Lori. So um, we we have not um, kind of been focused on that, but I think as part of an overall improvement in in physical health, uh, usually when when we're talking about menopause, it's, it's hormonal balance, it's it's uh, exercise, movement, uh, kind of making changes to um, you know to, to your hormonal flux. If that's if that's an option for you. Uh, we, although we don't focus on it, we do know that uh, Alzheimer's affects uh, women significantly more often than men, and mm-hmm. we know that this this is the case. And so, we uh, you know, encourage the use of uh, of uh, Beacon 40, which which is our our product, um, which which flashes at uh, 40 hertz, as a part of an overall kind of overhaul or, or change in. Um, in your lifestyle, and and this is all to to the idea that um, really the newest research shows that almost 60% of all dementia is preventable if you start the work in advance. So change in lifestyle, uh, everything from diet to movement to 
hormonal balance if that's uh, a particular um, you know it, it could issue that that uh, is is upon you and all of this overall of course leads to physical health but also to cognitive health and uh, we believe that the use of a 40 hertz light is really just kind of a link in that preventative daily care. Okay, wonderful. I, I also wanted to ask you, Veronica, um, because there's been a lot of interest and, and excitement around some of the advancements um, in terms of research with Alzheimer's, you know, just in the past month, and I know there's been a big, uh, a lot of um, hoopla over the new medication <clears throat> where mm. that's been, you know, for the, the cost and, you know, the science behind it and so forth. What are your thoughts with um, your, your thoughts in terms of what's going on in this space and how your work can impact, you know, the dementia community as a whole? Mm. So uh, I think we're all kind of in the space following with bated breath. We all await some sort of magic pill, and I think we, we all hoped and, and continue to hope that you know, this or the medication will, will come in and, and help kind of adjust um, uh, kind of Alzheimer's as a whole. Unfortunately, as, as we know currently, that's not necessarily the case. We're still awaiting it's you know it's a very kind of difficult space for for to be in right now um i i don't have much to say about the kind of the newest uh, offered medication in, in the field just because no one technically has anything to say it's very experimental and because of all of the kind of internal um political issues within the fda issues within um it's not necessarily reliable um and so what we are still kind of hoping for um, is is kind of twofold. We're hoping for um, more science in the kind of in the in the diagnosis space and like the biomarkers of the world. Um, and really, we are almost maniacally focused on the daily um, adjustments and preventative care, and and really living almost. Uh, kind of with with that in mind, we know how many um, more people will come into this space. Uh, we know that people are aging, for example, in the U.S. Uh, towards 65 and plus at the rate of 11,000 um, a month. So we know that, that space is increasing. We know that more and more people in this country will be affected by the disease. And really, the only thing we truly can rely on right now is preventability. Uh, mm-hmm. And so we we're really kind of maniacal about that, you know, changes in your in your daily care, um, and including light therapy um, in in that for an hour a day. And we, you know, in, in addition to what has been uh, in, in in the in the space, um, there is of course research that Terry mentioned previously done on animal models. That has recently come out um, on uh, in, in humans, and this is uh, results of um, studies coming coming out of MIT. I think supported by Yale, um, and, and these are really uh, impressive to us, and really help us uh, believe even further in, in fast tracking this cutting edge scientific research. Uh, the research that we point to really um, is really promising in that it shows in human models a 65% reduction in whole brain atrophy, and this is brain volume loss, 
which is a known marker for um, for Alzheimer's as uh, neurons die and kind of leave space um, within. There is uh, an increased uh, connectivity of the brain, and so there's a, a cognitive functional uh, improvement and, and daily functional improvement. There's also a really interesting marker in, in a decrease in sleep fragmentation. And, and for those of us who care for, for those with Alzheimer's, we know that this is a marker that uh, both kind of precedes uh, dementia in some ways, but is very present in many of Alzheimer's patients. And this is kind of awake states in the middle of the night. This is kind of an ability to fall into deep sleep. And there's a very strong uh, correlation, of course, uh, between sleep and Alzheimer's uh, as, as, it, as it kind of progresses. So um, really interesting uh, data coming out just really uh, about, about a month and a half ago, really about 40 hertz um, in the ways it affects um, humans. Um, and, and that's really kind of exciting for us and uh, really the, the families we serve. Well, exactly. So you know, with this light, you I think uh, one of you had mentioned, you know, you need to be in this um, light about an hour of a, of a day. Is that correct? That's correct. Um, so an hour a day, um, it doesn't have to be you know, at, at, at one time. It could be broken up. Um, but yes, an hour a day, and our light, especially if, if you're familiar with our light, we recently launched a new version um, of the Beacon 40, and this is a smart home connected light. It's very kind of sleek. It kind of folds very neutrally into any space. It's something that um, we, as, as um, uh, entrepreneurs who are focused on the user experience, something that can be used really every day without any stigma. It just kind of sits in your space. It can be next to your laptop. It can be nearby your library while you're reading a book. It's something that is just kind of present there. You can depend on it to be available for you for one hour a day, and that's it. So is this something that you have to, like, stare at, or does it just have to be in the room? That's a very good question. Um, so, no, you do not. In fact, you, you definitely don't want to stare at it. It, it. The light has to kind of hit your optical nerve. So it has to be somewhere within kind of your peripheral view, um, mainly because the kind of the way that um, is believed to work is that it entrains your own internal system to oscillate or to vibrate at that 40 hertz. Uh, and in doing so, it kind of reboots or kind of recalibrates the brain for a period of time to its healthy function, and it's sort of able to um, kind of do its job better. It's able to, to kind of refresh, if you will, um, and kind of remove or de-plaque for, for a period of time. Okay. So I would imagine then if, if somebody is using this, a care partner may have to really know what someone's peripheral vision is because what is yours is not necessarily going to be theirs especially as the disease progresses, typically we go more into that tunnel vision and that, that gets a little smaller. Can that have an effect in terms of the positioning or is that, or, or am I going too deep and it's not that important? I think it's, I think it's a really good question. Um, and it's probably something for us to look into. Uh, I think it's, uh, tunnel vision may be, may be a function of how things are seen, may not be the function of how the eye works. 
So it's just the way that a, uh, a signal should be received, and that is just through the optical nerve. I'm not sure if television is a function of the the the, um, the nerve of the eyes, but it's something that I can look into. As, as far as we understand, um, it, it does. You know, it just it shouldn't be behind you, for example. So it has to be mm -hmm. somewhat within your space. It could also be reflected from something. From something. Mm -hmm. Okay. I think. Okay. Go ahead, Jerry. I think. Uh, I think many of, of our users do what I did at home, which is to put the Beacon 40 right next to the television. Because mm -hmm. uh, uh, my wife certainly pays attention to the television, and there it is. Okay. Uh, and it hasn't been a problem. Okay. So I was thinking with peripheral that it would have to be out further. If you were looking at the TV, I was thinking it would have to be out to the side more. But... Um, you know, so no, I'm glad we're having this conversation. <laughs> okay. You can look directly at it or have it in your no. peripheral vision or or uh, maybe just have it in the room as as long as one gets the pulsating light. That's okay. Is there a is there a distance that you should be from it? Again, no prescribed distance. Light travels. So as long mm -hmm. as it hits your optical nerve, um within your comfort. And and and, and the beacon forty also has a number of settings. Uh, you can change the tone, the light, cut of color, depending on the time of the day you're choosing to use it or what you prefer, and also the brightness. So you have to have a, a, a long room, and, and let's say you want to read by the window, you can turn it up so it, so it kind of travels and, and, it, and it kind of meets you where you are. Alternatively, if you're, if you're working and you're, you're emailing and it's right by your laptop, Maybe you could have it at a at a at a lower setting because that's kind of what you are comfortable with. the The intensity of the light doesn't change um, its intention and its function. Okay, okay. Um, I was also going to ask you, you know, with this now, is this because uh, I think you had mentioned that it, you know, it flashes, and so for a lot of people, they're going to think of a strobe light, you know, type beep, you know, beeping at them with it is it is it that type of intensity or is it a, a softer because i know also for some people let's say if they're epileptic you know that can that can trigger them as well so i just i want to get a, a better feeling for kind of the pulsing that you're talking about of course so i mean most of our users describe um the beacon 40 as sort of a like a flicker of flickering light like a candlelight somewhere in the distance um, and, and that's really the experience of it. You're not really at a disco party. It's not really <laughs> a strobe light, as, as you described it. No. Um, but um, well, but let me also add, this is 40 hertz or 40 flashes a second. The, mm -hmm. the flashing rate that seems to be more dangerous for epileptic uh Contact is, is way down in the uh, 20 and 15 hertz. Now that isn't to say it can't happen up where we are, but it, it's it's not likely. Although we 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 do uh, caution people if they have photosensitivity uh, to be aware of that. Okay, but I think, I think mo most often the experience I have seen so often uh, uh, with our customers is they will turn it on and and. Uh, They'll think it's too bright, or they they don't like the flashing, and about a minute and a half later, they don't notice the flashing, and then the next thing they notice is when it turns itself off. 
So I think it's very easy to to accommodate. And, of course, one can change the brightness. Yeah, it's kind of like living next to a police station or a fire station. It drives you nuts <laughs> when you first move in, going, oh, my gosh, I didn't know that my neighborhood was in crisis constantly. And then, you know, you don't notice it at all once it's there. You know, I, I, I wonder also, and maybe this is just my personal experience. I'm, I'm actually, um, the light is right in front of uh, in front of me as I speak to you. I wonder if, if because it sinks in with the natural rhythm of the brain, if at some point, you, you know, it becomes unnoticeable because it's just such a natural flow and the brain accepts it as such. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I didn't even realize that I had it on until you just mentioned it, to be honest. Yeah. I, I have it on my desk all the time. It's on at this very moment. Uh, and I rarely notice it. And I have it pretty bright. Interesting. Yeah, it, w- it would be interesting to uh, to test that if you're ever looking for, for testers in terms of um, the process, uh, please let me know on that. Um, I'm wondering, so, you know, you talked about um, prevention um, as well as those that are already diagnosed. So, Terry, for you, did you notice a difference for yourself at all in terms of your cognition? Um, my own? Uh, yes. Um, I I do feel more focused, and uh, I think my mood is better. And 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 also, and this is typical from what we hear from our customers, my sleep is better. Mm-hmm. So these things are, are all connected, obviously. But but my own experience is uh, yes, yes indeed, and and that's why, as I said, I have it on my desk at this very moment. Yeah, well, you you know, I think in light therapy, you know, more of us have heard about. Um, I'm gonna I'm in Minnesota where people have a hard time with our winters because we don't have as much light. And so, you know, they they use their light therapy for that just to mm-hmm. soak it up and make them feel better. Um, do you think there's, because I can see this happening too, do you think it can give you a, a calmness as a care partner just knowing you're trying something else um, in terms of um, in terms of their well, sense of being? Well, uh, I think so, and I think in many ways that's how I got started here, uh, because uh, as I said, it, it, if you're if you're looking for alternatives and you find something that's positive, and hopeful, and encouraging, and not invasive and not dangerous, and is is backed by science, why not try it? And I and I think uh, that flicker of hope uh, is available. Yeah, I think I think that makes a big difference in the in the caring journey when you feel like, like you said, at least you're trying something. Um, you know, you're so, not so much of, so much a part of of my story. I felt so frustrated and helpless until I found forty hertz light. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, similar to me, I think um, when I first spoke to um, neurologists with my father, his recommendation was to get some puzzles. And that isn't very empowering, um, and it really just you know it, it kind of disconnects you in a way. And uh, there is knowing that the photobiomodulation, uh, which is kind of something you mentioned, like for seasonal affective disorders, there's also red light, red light therapy for wounds and, and things of that nature. Knowing that this field is deeply researched and trusted overall, and, and we're kind of dipping yeah. more and more into it. There's growing trust, and, and, and rightfully so. Um, 
because it's it's you know, these are all natural waves and and quite often these these changes that we're looking for are natural. Mm-hmm. Well, and what a what a nice way to um, to subdue symptoms and um, it, you know in using a natural focus instead of something that is is foreign to our bodies. And you know I do like that it is not um, it's not invasive. Um, you know the pictures of the units. I mean, look really sleek. They almost look like they could be a a speaker or you know a, a little um, Alexis in your house. I mean, they're kind of they, they kind of have that sleek look that fits in um, with most anything. And you know, so it doesn't really make any difference in terms of your design of your house or you know decor or any of that. You know, it just um, it, it just looks like it'll it'll like scoot in and like you said not be noticed um exactly. which is which is really nice um uh, veronica did you want to talk any more about you know you had mentioned that like 60 percent of dementia can be they're, they're thought to be prevented um any 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 more that you want to share on that well i mean i think we're we're all learning really about what that what that takes and i and i think so, I mean, it's a very broad statistic, and dementia, mm-hmm. as we know, is, is also a very broad range of, of symptoms, and Alzheimer's, of course, is the most kind of, uh, not most popular, but, but it's, it's, it's like the, the, the main form of, of um, uh, dementia. Mm-hmm. What we are learning is really the, the connection between all of the many different um, kind of approaches and, and uh, uh, potential comorbidities that may have an effect and short of, um, you know, kind of um, removing yourself completely um, from kind of all things that, the external things that may cause dementia, um, everything else really just points to making sure that the body is kind of a fortress against things. So dealing with everything from um, basics, quitting smoking, alcohol, obesity, um, stress, uh, hormonal balances, as, as you mentioned earlier. Um, and then there's kind of additional things, like there's the, the connection element, there's the, um, the physical fitness, which we're learning much more and more in, in combination with, um, with diets, with the Mediterranean diet, for example, which is really popular right now. We're learning a lot more about that way of eating. That improves health, improves cognitive health, improves circulation. And when done as a whole, all of these preventative measures are, are really the only reliable thing currently that, that we can depend on. And we see the Beacon 40 as, as a part of that, of that daily kind of change and action that you take to not just to kind of to treat Alzheimer's, but also to prevent it way in advance. So some of the research we are looking at shows that the clinical symptoms of uh, Alzheimer's and dementia are are really kind of present a good, good 10 to sometimes 15 years prior to the internal changes and the internal mechanisms within so plaque formation happens way before symptoms really show up. And our goal is to, to really try to see the body as a whole and try to prevent all of this from happening way in advance. 
both mm-hmm. with physical changes, with dietary changes, with kind of whole life changes, and the um, the use of the daily use of the Beacon 40. Okay, wonderful. Um, Terry, in, as far as um, as distribution and an ordering of this product, is it just as easy as going online like you do with Amazon and things to check sure. this out? Or is there storefronts, you know, are other people selling it, or is it strictly online? Well, we have our own site, getmebright.com, and it's available there. Also available at Amazon. Uh, and I think if you go to Amazon and uh, search uh, for Beacon 40, you'll find us right away. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're also, okay. uh, as I said, available at getmebright.com, which is our website. Okay. Um, is, and that do you links know, is much it, information. Okay. And, you know, a lot of people will ask, is there a difference in pricing between the two? Um, do you get a better deal if you go to your website versus Amazon, or does it really not make a difference? Or is there another difference that it would make to you one way or the other? <laughs> our, our, our website, I believe, often has has, kind of, has special kind of discount coupons depending on kind of the campaigns that we're running or kind of what, what we are about at that moment. So really depends on, on the um, the purchaser's preference, really. But um, super easy to find us online either way, either Amazon or GetMeBright.com. Okay. And it looks like you can purchase just a single light or you can get a couple or a grouping um, of lights. Is that correct? That is correct. Okay. Wonderful. Um, anything that um, that I didn't ask you that uh, that we should talk about? Terry, anything I forgot? Well, I, I think you've done a very good job. Of, of describing our product, and I'd like to get back to something you said earlier about the way it looks, because mm-hmm. one of the things that we certainly knew uh, is that it doesn't matter how good a device is if nobody uses it. So we wanted to uh, produce a 40 hertz light source that would fit in virtually any environment uh, that that was not ugly, that did not look like a piece of, of uh, technology, mm-hmm. uh, and that uh, one could control, for example, the tone of the color to match either the time of day or the decor, uh, and of course the brightness, since, since we want that to be controllable. Uh, and then finally, we have it as part of a smart home. So uh, if you're connected, you can say, uh, turn up my bright 40% or something like that. We want now, this to be this, as, as easy as possible. Okay. Now, is this something, because uh, I've not seen, and again, I haven't been traveling with COVID so much, but, uh, you know, I'm just thinking in terms of, of um, assisted livings and memory care. I, I don't remember seeing a product like this, but it seems to me this would make a heck of a lot of sense um, to have within well, those communities. Is, well, is certainly that, I agree with you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'd, I'd even go further than that and say that, uh, you know, I've really come to believe that 40 hertz light is like a vitamin. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of the things it's consistent with uh, is having a clean brain. And you can't be really healthy without a clean brain. Mm-hmm. We take the plaque off our teeth. We try to prevent plaque from building up in our arteries. This seems to be a way to keep plaque from building up in our brains. 
So as I said, uh, I think a 40 hertz light is something like a vitamin. And ye- yes, it, w- it will be, I believe, one day uh, in senior care facilities, but everywhere else. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Um, <clears throat> Veronica, anything that you wanted to add? I, mean, I think Terry did, a, did a, a great job describing it, and I think maybe the only thing that um, I would point out from the perspective of a caregiver, I like the idea that I can use the smart home element um, to set up routines. So if I know, for example, that my father has breakfast more or less every day after I give meditation at 10.30 in the morning, I will set up in advance for, let's say, a week or even a month for the light to go on for an hour then. Or if I know he's watching TV in a particular series. So I have that control over it, and I and it's not something he needs to really be in control of. He doesn't speak to what he wants to great, but I know that it's something that I'm doing for him, and I can kind of set it and forget it. Oh, that's nice. Because routines are really important um, for both the care partner and and the person with dementia. Well, this has just been fascinating. I'm I'm so thrilled that you guys took the time to to share your your life's work. Uh, Terry with us and your passion and Veronica, your your insights with the science. Um, I think this is a brilliant product. And um, again, people can go to getmebright.com. That's getmebright.com and check that out. I would also like to invite um, your your organization to um, look into Dementia Map because I think this would be a great resource for people to know about, and um, Dementia Map is, uh, has been a life's dream of mine for 37 years from when my mom first was diagnosed. And um, so we're, we are growing the site every single day, but I would, I would love to have the opportunity to talk with you on that because I think that this, um, I think families have the right to know options. And to me, that was one of my Indeed. biggest frustrations was how do I Simply find having that? options. Simply having options is incredibly important to people because it, it gives them some control over their lives and things they can do. Everyone wants to do something, to be helpful, to try to create some helpful impact. Options provide that. Yep. Well, and I think one of the, the great things, too, um, <clears throat> with the site is the word of mouth that people give. You know, when they mm. when they find some hope, um, and there's, you know, we've got like 150 different categories um, for people to be able to search. We're, we're growing it organically, but it's been really fun to to um, see how people are receiving this and even wanting um, tours for support groups or for professionals getting CEUs because people are, they, they need this information, and I think there's a big paradigm shift of, you know, you you can't stand there and say, I have all the resources in my own backyard anymore, in my own community. We are, we are a, you know, a global world, and, you know, we wouldn't have dementia-friendly communities or memory cafes if we weren't talking with people all over, if we weren't sharing resources and concepts with one another. And, you know, the word in the dementia community travels quickly. Um, when when people are given hope and when they're given choices. And um, so, again, I, I think you guys would be a great match to that. That's a pressure you, but I just, uh, it, it's hard. Great, thank you. Yeah. Yes, we will take those words to heart. But And in that connection, let me say again how important I think your program is because it, it does this job of connecting people. Yep. That's, yeah, that's it's... 
it's been really fun. Um, I'm, I'm in a really unique position um, to connect people all over the world. Um, I, I just, I'm kind of flabbergasted, you know, how many people I've met since starting this, you know, I think we started the show in 2011. And um, the, the stories and the passion and, you know, the, the gifts that people are, are bringing using their own skill sets is just incredible. And it's just, uh, you know, we just need to, we need to get more information to more people that all of this is happening because it's been happening all along. We just haven't been connected to it. And so again, having, having people like yourselves on the show willing to take the time and share what you're doing is so appreciated by all of us. So thank you very much. Lori, thanks you for your attention and, and your suggestions, and, and we are categorically available if we can help you with anything. Okay. Thanks, well, you guys have a wonderful week, and um, everybody out there, celebrate World Alzheimer's Month, and uh, check out the Alzheimer's Disease International report when that comes out on getting diagnosed. I, I know there'll be some great insights with that. And you can always go to alzheimerspeaks.com for more information. And again, their website is getmebright.com. Get me bright. So thank you all, and uh, we'll talk to you next week. Bye now. Thank you Take so much, Lori. Bye now. Bye-bye. Hey everybody, Jared Sebesti, your host of Retire Repurposed. This podcast is dedicated to help people transition into fulfilling and purposeful retirements. Retirement is a big life change. In fact, the two most dangerous years of a person's life are the year they were born and the year they retire. Few people could just flip the switch from working a career 30 or 40 plus years retiring on Friday without methodical steps to living what we call a repurposed retirement. To listen now, search Retire Repurposed on your favorite podcast platform, Senior Resource, or Life Audio.